Hello, my name is Jason and welcome to DesignCast. It's a podcast where I interview a wide range of guests and ask the question, how do you design education? Why is this important? Students all learn differently and need varied teaching methods to be successful. It is more important now than ever to accommodate and personalize education for all students as much as possible. I use my 25 years of experience as an educator to ask questions and to learn about the exciting things people are doing to provide for all students and their unique perspectives. Each episode, I chat with guests from all over the world, from classroom teachers, authors, consultants, and beyond. We chat around a range of topics that we feel are important right now. Will you join me in this journey to learn and grow together? If it's your first time here, welcome. Thank you so much for taking the time to check it out. If you like this podcast, please leave a review, rate, subscribe, share, and download from your preferred podcasting app. This helps the podcast get discovered by new listeners. Also, please use the hashtag DesignCast when discussing your thoughts and feedback on your favorite social media platform to connect with me. I would love to hear from you. Thanks for listening. So let's get on with the episode. Welcome back to another episode of DesignCast, and I am just so excited to have Razan with me today. Razan, how are you? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me in your show. Oh, I'm just, it's such a pleasure to have you here, Razan. And so, Razan, if, if people have not met you before or don't know you, can you tell me a little bit about yourself and what your current role in education is? My name is Razan Choudhury. I've been teaching for last 12 years. Currently, I'm working as an IBPOP coordinator at Smart Innovation School. It is in Dhaka, Bangladesh. I have completed my Bachelor of Business Administration and Master's of Business Administration from Leading University in Salat. And it is in Bangladesh. And uh, I have completed my Salta from Thailand. And also, I have done a lot of IB workshop from Malaysia, Indonesia, and also um, through online as well. I believe in sharing and learning through research in education. Uh, I love I love to help teachers. Um, yeah, of course, with everyone, I love to help to everyone, but uh, mostly with teachers because um, during the COVID, I can understand many teachers, you know, they have gone through a tough time. So I try to help what I can do for the teachers. I Basically, I have conducted uh, more than 60 workshops from local schools and um, global schools during this COVID. And uh, teaching is my passion. I can tell. I, I can really tell it's your passion. You've done so much in your career already. Yeah, I think you have a lot, a long way to go still. You have so much, um, so much you've already accomplished. It's really, really fantastic. Thank you for sharing that with me. And so as an educator in Bangladesh and as a PYP coordinator, do you currently also teach students or are you a full-time coordinator? I'm also uh, teaching uh, because teaching is my, as my patient. So uh, though I'm playing the role of a coordinator, POP coordinator, and it is an IB candidate school. Uh, very soon we are going to apply for authorization. I'm uh, conducting basically unit of inquiry class for year three. Okay. All right. So uh, for the, I guess, what, third third grade age kids, yeah? Yes. Yes. 
Okay. Great treat. Yeah, that's a fun group. That that age is a, is a good time. So, so when you were teaching in a PYP or elementary school classroom, what was your favorite subject to teach? I love to teach maths and uh, in each of in Korea, of course. And I love to integrate uh, language uh, because in my earlier school also, uh, I used to teach in different grades, uh, grade three, grade four, grade five, even in KG1, even in right. uh, play group and nursery. I have found that uh, when you integrate uh, language and maths with the unit of inquiry, it is is more fun than in unit of inquiry class because you can connect to other subjects with the um, unit things. I've noticed you, you mentioned earlier you've done a lot of workshops and things, but it seems like you're quite the researcher and author. So can you tell me a little bit about some of these research papers and presentations that you've done? Sure. I do believe... Um, as a teacher, we not only should be involved with teaching, also uh, we should be involved uh, in the research sector. Um, basically, in South Asian countries, mostly the university, university teachers, I mean the professors, they are mostly part of a research. They are doing research stuff, but hardly you can see the primary school teacher or maybe secondary school teachers. They are not much you know, associated with the research platform. Uh, I found uh, that during COVID, I thought, uh, why should not I involve myself in teaching as I'm doing PhD as well? I tried to uh, do research in education. Uh, my PhD uh, concept is a small and medium enterprise. It is not a part of education because my background was business. But after getting in the education sector, I thought uh, I should do some research in education sector as well. Recently, one of my papers going to be present in um, Maldives. And next week, I'm flying to Maldives for presenting a paper. And uh, five of uh, my articles have been published in different uh, international journals. And also, I presented my papers in Malaysian universities as well. Last year, it was a 2021 and 2020 through online. Wow. You're much busier than me, I think. <laughs> well, I don't know where you find the time to do all that, but I'm sure that the community appreciates uh, the time and, and, the, and the energy you put into presenting and preparing these these research uh, I collaborate with other two uh, I I collaborated with other two um, uh, researchers as well uh, I'm not only doing the research by myself uh, I have two <laughs> other colleagues they are also part of my research right of course yeah well you know it's still a lot of work so I appreciate you um, sharing that with us and I have to say I'm, I'm a bit jealous about you heading to the Maldives and I'm and I'm in a cold a cold place in Beijing, so <laughs> I'm, I'm a little jealous. My my numb feet are, are wishing they could hit the sand a little bit, but that sounds awesome. Well, I hope you have some time for sightseeing and some fun yes, while I've you been also to share that. Two times before. Oh my gosh! Now you've made me even more jealous. But <laughs> it's it's on the bucket list, man. It's on the bucket list. Fantastic. All right, was one. Thank you so much for sharing that with me. And so. Um, you mentioned you were in, edu um, in business before you were in education. So as you became involved in education, what were some of the biggest challenges that you faced? And then how have you addressed those challenges? Basically, you know, uh, I had no plan to be a teacher. Um, and my basically, my father, uh, he forced me to go for a business uh, administration um, undergraduate and for master's because he was a banker. So he wanted to see me as a banker. In South Asian countries, mostly no parents are pressurizing to their children to go into their own choices. Uh, that my father was dreaming me, you know, he was dreaming basically to 
put me in a meditation company or banking sector. And later I found that uh, when I was doing my uh, aggregation course uh, and masters, I was involved in teaching as a part-time. I used to teach um, uh, teenagers uh, uh, to develop their language. And then I found, oh, this is a very good place to, you know, uh, I should develop my career on this uh, sector. And then when I moved to um, education sector as a full-time teacher, I found that I should have, I should have done my B.Ed. or M.Ed. So it was a kind of a, kind of a challenge for me to get in the education sector, being an uh, business administration, bachelor, master's degree background. Yeah, I can imagine it's really hard sometimes to shift industries um, that are that are quite different. So I'm glad you were able to make that that shift. And yes, I understand the pressure. <laughs> If parents put on us. <laughs> That's quite funny. Okay. So, Rizwan, I want to ask you um, the question I'm asking everyone this season, and that is, how do you design education? Design education, uh, being an IB teacher, we must think about the program of inquiry first, right? In our mind, that uh, how it will be, you know, go like horizontally or vertically. And then we have to think about the scope and sequence of uh uh, single subject teachers, I mean, the uh, specialist teachers, like visual teacher, PSP teacher, language, and maths. And uh, program of inquiry starts from like playing play group two, I mean, necessary to uh, grade five and summer school grade six. Um, and right now, um, when working at, at the school, they already designed program of inquiry. I just have changed some of the things because I found uh, some, some of the teachers that give me their reflection basis on the program of inquiry, they want to change the central ideas and when the change the central idea lines of inquiry is also getting changed and I set up the uh, I talked to the teachers and that we all we all agreed to change some of the stuffs from the program of inquiry so these are way like we are not changing the whole of the program of inquiry but basis on the and that local and global context we have we need to change the some of the stuffs uh, that it is required for for the children and then we must think about the scope and sequence. We need to maintain the standards. So, you know, some of the parents, they have some, you know, you know especially in IB school, parents have some issues regarding, uh, you know, what the teacher going to teach in the classroom and uh, what the children are going to learn as we don't have any textbooks, right? So we have to do all the curriculum stuff. So we have to develop our curriculum based on the uh, standards that other curriculum schools uh, you know they are offering the same kind of um, same kind of things in their um, that particular age group students. So uh, basically, uh, looking on these standards, we have to develop our students' uh, curriculum. Uh, also, we have to think about ATS skills, learner's profile, taking actions. All these things are what align with IB philosophy. I, we are collaborating with the teachers. I'm not the person who all who are the who is going to. You know, develop all the curriculum stuff. Uh, I sit with my POIP team and collaboratively we uh, decide uh, uh, what should be the things uh, in the unit, and then we consult with the con uh, consultant. And getting uh, after getting that approved, then we move to the final you know teaching and learning stuffs. That's a lot of work. I know that, you, like you said, you're not the only one to be doing it, and um, the work is worthwhile, and so thank you for sharing that that process with us. Um, so, Rizwan, let me ask you if if a student who is in one of your PYP classes seems to be struggling with the way that the um, 
the material, the activity, or the instruction is being delivered, what kinds of things do you or the teachers do to adjust or differentiate for those students? Thank you for, for asking a very good question. Mostly many teachers I know struggling with these things. Uh, being a teacher, we should know our students and it, it, it do not take much time to understand your students' uh, um, their level. I mean, what is their understanding level? And based on it, you have to design the learning experiences or you can say activity. You should have a differentiation. You should always keep in differentiation strategies in your mind. Um, you, can, you should give the students a choice. If you make that stuff only for him um, or the particular group of students, they might not like it, right? So we should always give the students agency. We should give them cho choices to select their learning engagements. Not only the teacher going to choose the learning engagement for the students. I'm going to give him give a group of students, maybe three or four types of learning engagement. And I will tell them whatever you feel to choose, you can you are open to choose. You can work alone or you can work in a pair or even you can work in a group. So students can choose their, you know, choose their friends to work in. Uh, also, I'm keeping two to three multiple tasks, you know, um, uh, so students can choose which one they should go for it. So being a teacher, always we have to keep three to four options in our mind, but the learning objective will be same, but engagement, learning engagement will be different. And you should give them chance to, so, uh, <laughs> so you should give them the chances, not only the basis on the paper-based work or worksheet-based work that I don't believe worksheet-based work. I also give them uh, a chance to work in a, uh, using the technologies because our school is mostly involved. Uh, we have a lot of gadgets and you know st uh, technological stuff in our classroom. So uh, students uh, are, you know, they are, they are getting the free uh, iPad from the school. So, you know, they are, they are very, you know, techno-free uh, children. So they know how to use different kinds of tools. So uh, when I give them a task, I give them option. You can work in a chart paper, you can work on a paper, or you can go for a technological thing. So you can use any kind of tool. So you know, so I can find find many people, many students. They are love to work in a in their iPad. So uh, this is also one kind of choice I'm giving to the students to get being engaged in the activity. Yeah, the the technology is a big way uh, that can really help assist our students, whether it's um, text to speech or to uh, the annotations or whatever whatever it might be just allowing students to access uh, that information a little better is is always good for them and so thank you for sharing that with me Rizwan. so Rizwan, let me ask you if people want to get access to uh, your research or to learn more about about you and your work what's the best way to get in touch with you uh, I will go to share the, some of the links and also yes. I can share my LinkedIn ID as well okay. with you. Uh, and so you can share it yeah. uh, when the, it is on the air. You can share with the, okay. uh, the yeah. audience. Absolutely. Yeah, all that will be included in the show notes. And I just didn't know if there was a particular way you like to be in contact, but it sounds like maybe LinkedIn or some of the other more traditional ways. Yeah, I, work. I can share my LinkedIn and uh, Insta. Cool. That's very cool. Thank you. I'll make sure that those are all included in the show notes. And so and I really appreciate you taking the time to speak with me today. I appreciate uh, the things you shared and I really hope you have a nice time in the Maldives. I will be living through you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Expect to see lots of pictures on your Instagram. So um, that would be wonderful. But thank you again for agreeing to come 
and chat with me today. I think it's been uh, a really great conversation that's full of, of, of great advice. So thank you for sharing. Hey, thank you. Thank you again for having me here. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, thank you, Rizwan. This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. Explore more podcasts at www.teachbetterpodcastnetwork.com. We will see you on the next episode. I hope that you enjoyed that episode of DesignCast. Again, I'm Jason. I am the creator and host and one-man band when it comes to this podcast. I sincerely hope you enjoyed it, and please share it with your colleagues and friends and help me network with those folks who you think will benefit from listening to this podcast. If you own a company or you have connections where you would like to partner with me in this podcast, whether it be sponsorship or product reviews or any other possible services, please reach out to me. My contact information is in the show notes, and I cannot wait to hear from you. I only do this because I love talking to people and I love sharing my passion with all the listeners. So if you are interested in possibly being a future guest, please reach out and get in touch. I can't wait to hear from you. I really want to hear about how this podcast and its guests are helping you become better or to enrich your lives. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, be good to one another.